all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Good morning, Harvest. I said good morning, Harvest. Everybody stand to your feet. Look at somebody and tell them, you sure look good today. Tell them. Look at somebody else and say, I've been waiting to see you all week. Tell them. Hallelujah. I am so excited about this word. I want to get right into it. Lift your Bible so let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word, I am a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Remain standing. Go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Don't forget you can connect with us on Twitter. <clears throat> I'm at Bishop Foreman or at Harvest underscore CC. A lot of people in, in Denver don't use Twitter, but some of y'all are on the Facebook. So if you're on the Facebook, make sure you Facebook us, facebook.com front slash Harvest CC or facebook.com front slash Bishop Foreman. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, you can text me too. You text me, I'm going to text you. I send, I'll be sending texts, texts, <laughs> texts. I mean, we'll text you. And you can text the word harvest to 59769. It's in that communique. You should actually start reading that. Amen. If you read that, I tell you, change your life. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I am so excited. Let me tell you, while we were worshiping to the great I am, the Lord was just talking to me in such a marvelous way. Look at the neighbor and say, it's going to be marvelous today. Tell them. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive. Shout it. I said shout it. Your neighbor didn't do it like I said. So maybe they come from one of them churches where they don't do what the pastor say. But this ain't that kind of church. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, the ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Say witnesses. To me in Jerusalem, that's your city, and in Judea, that's your region, and to Samaria, that's your country, and to the end of the earth, that's the world. So, so let, me, let, me, let me make it personal for you, but say your name. Shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon, say your name. And say your name. 
shall be witnesses to him in Denver or Aurora or Commerce City or Thornton or Green Valley. Well, that ain't its own city. That's Denver now. Greenwood Village maybe, okay. Uh, uh, uh. And in the Rocky Mountain region. Uh-huh. And in the United States of America. And in every continent that is on the earth. Father, speak in this house. As we conclude this series, God, I pray that you would speak with such clarity and specificity that people would stop being uh, spectators, but they would begin to be participators in the plan that you have for their lives. I declare that today, once this word goes forth, it's going to be so custom tailored for the hearer's father that they will not be able to deny that they have had an experience, not with a man, but an experience with the God of all men, an experience with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great. I am. Oh, God, speak in this place in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, tell your neighbor this. Say, you are now enrolled in the witness exposure program. You can be seated. Uh, in this series, we've been talking about the Holy Ghost or the ghost or the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. All of those mean the same thing. Uh, we understand that in our Old Testament, the word for the Spirit of God or the ghost would be the word ruach, which means uh, it is the breath, the mind, or the wind of God. And in our New Testament, it is the word pneuma, which means it's the mind, soul, or spirit of God. So uh, we talked in this series the first week, uh, but wait. There's more. We talked about the first experience that's available to you uh, from God, which is the experience of being saved or born again by the Spirit. And in that first experience, the Spirit seals you. And you'll remember, I gave you the example. I used uh, my GNC bottle. You'll remember and uh, that, that the bottle was open and susceptible to anything that would happen. But when you're saved, the Spirit seals you. The only problem is, is there's nothing in you for him to seal in. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Right, the second experience that we talked about is when you are filled with the Spirit or you experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in that, uh, we talked about how the ghost lives in you. He leads you. He comforts you. He helps you. He schools you on the spot. He teaches you and reminds you. He convicts you of your sin when you're wrong and he affirms you. Uh, but then we talked about the third experience, which is where when you've been filled, as you go through life, uh, you need to have a refill. Uh, and that's the problem with some Christians today is that they haven't had a refill in a long time. And they still, you know how you get to the end of your drink and you sipping and it's making all that noise. You know that, you know that noise, you know what I'm saying? That little noise where you're trying to suck through the straw because ain't nothing really in there. That's how a lot of Christians act. And when you try to talk to them, they act stanky with you because they empty. They ain't got nothing on the inside of them. But my God, I'm here to tell you the ghost will give you a refill. Touch your neighbor say, it looks like you might need one today. It looks like... You're looking a little empty, baby. You might need a refill today. Now, in the second week, we talked that the ghost is the gift that keeps on giving. We talked about spiritual gifts are available. He's the source. We talked about the fact that the ghost constantly matures you. If you have been a Christian and you've been filled with the Spirit and, and you still act in the same 10 years as you were when you were first uh, became a Christian, I'm here to tell you there's something wrong with what you say you're filled with. Maybe you ain't filled with the ghost. Maybe you're full of something else. You're not hearing what I'm saying. 
because God matures you. God never leaves you the same. He never leaves you the way that you are when you come. See, he says, come as you are, which means I don't care what issue you got. I don't care what problem you got. Jesus says, bring it to me. But when you come as you are, don't you dare <laughs> plan on staying as you are. See, I think there's some people in here that say, Bishop, I'm not where I want to be. But I'm so thankful to God that I'm not where I used to be because the ghost has been maturing me. And I used to have a drinking problem. But the ghost, who am I preaching to? I used to have a cussing problem. Who am I talking to? But the ghost is maturing you. You used to have a pornography problem. But the ghost has been. Ah, so watch this now. Watch this. Then we talked about he gives you power. He's the source. He is the source of power. Everything that has power or lays any claim to power, it has to receive that power from the ghost. Say he's the force. Now, the third week, uh, last week, we talked about when God prays for you or praying in the Spirit. And we talked about the fact that there are two ways that God prays for us when we are filled with the Spirit. The first way was through groaning or sighing. Didn't that blow your mind? That when you're filled with the Spirit, now, you, when you're filled with the Spirit, when you groan or sigh, you need to get the tape because I don't want y'all this, because some people was doing it this week around me. And I said, don't bring, don't come on in here with all that sign in my office. I don't want to hear all that. I want to hear all that. You re- that's the human body's way of releasing stress. Now, I don't want you releasing stress in my, do it out there. <laughs> then come in. Let the Lord pray for you out there. <laughs> Through groaning or sighing, which is remarkable, <clears throat> God says that when you're filled with the Spirit, even what you think is a negative, God says he'll speak through it. And then we talked about how the ghost prays for you through the gift of tongues. And remember, we went through that and walked through all of that. Now, I told you we conclude this series by coming back to the power that the Holy Spirit gives us when we're spirit-filled. Say power. power. Now, the word power we talked about is the Greek word dunamis. Bishop, why do you tell us the Greek and Hebrew words? Because in translation, when you come from English to Hebrew, you normally lose somewhere in the neighborhood of three words. When you come from Greek to English, you lose somewhere in the neighborhood of two words. So while we may see one word in the Bible in English, there is a greater depth to the meaning of the word than what you see in black and white. Somebody say there's something greater there. And we went through those. We went through those. Y'all almost tore the church up when we went through them. Um, we went through them. Yeah, y'all, y'all, oh, don't, don't jump. We, we, we say dunamis. <clears throat> we talked about that the power that the Spirit gives us is a miracle within itself, that it is God's supernatural ability. It is abundance. It's meaning. It's might. It's to be giving us the ability to be a worker of miracles. It gives you power. It gives you strength. It gives you the ability to do mighty works. It gives you the ability to be violent. Uh, you were not created to be passive and let life happen to you. You were created so that you could happen to life. And I know you may have had some mistakes, and I know you may have had some mis- uh, some missteps, but I'm here to tell you that you were not created to just walk by life and be a victim. You were created, the kingdom suffers violent, but violent men and women take it by, which means there's some stuff you're going to have to learn how to fight for. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for joy. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for peace. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for your children. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for your business. Touch your neighbor, say, stop punking out, man. Well, I just don't know. Well, figure some out. Well, it's just so rough. Well, get up and. St- all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We, we, we talked about how this power, say dunamis, 
uh, that we receive. It, it, it is the power and influence that comes with riches. Its technical term is pecuniary ability, which means that when this power is on you, has anybody got this power? It, it, it means that you walk with an influence as if you have greater riches and influence than you really do, which means when you walk in the room, people don't see you as you. They see you like you're somebody influential. They see you like you're somebody wealthy. Now, some of y'all got a problem with that because you got a broke mindset. Well, you can take your broke mindset back to your old broke church. But what I'm here to, what I'm here to tell you is God did not create us to be the bottom. He created us to be the head and not the tail. He created us to be above and not beneath. I'm supposed to be the lender and not the bottom. If you want to be broke, go serve Allah because he ain't got nothing. But if you want to do well in life, I'm here to tell you, follow Jesus because he has come that you might have life and life more. But Sit down. Pecuniary ability, which means that this power works in such a way that when you walk into a boardroom, they don't see you. They see you as if your last name is Gates. Now, you may not know who Gates is, uh, so let me tell you who Gates is. <laughs> uh, Bill Gates revolutionized the world. It, it is because of him that we got Windows and modern computer technology. And then there's a man named Steve Jobs who he, he took it further than windows. He made doors. <laughs> Pecuniary ability is such that God says, I will put an aura on you so that when people see you, there is an influence on you as if you have great riches and wealth. Let me just simplify it for some of you. Pecuniary ability is better than money. It's something called favor. See, favor is better than money because money can get you a doctor, but it can't buy you health. Favor can get you health. Money can buy you a lawyer, but it can't get you justice. Favor can get you justice. Money can buy you a house, but that don't mean it's a home. Favor can make a... Touch your neighbor say, I got power, baby. And then we talked about how this word dunamis meant moral power, which means you are no longer able to say, well, I just, I can't help myself. I don't know why I do that. No, baby. When you got power, you have the ability to say right is right and wrong is wrong, and I'm choosing not to do wrong. Don't use grace as an excuse to allow sin to abound. See, y'all didn't shout right there. I figured that. And then the last meaning of this word dunamis uh, was the word excellence. Which means God says he, he, he's no longer satisfied with you being average. You were not created to do anything okay. You were created to do everything with excellence. Excellence is above average, hence the distinction from mediocrity itself. Which means if you're a fry, uh, fryer, <laughs> you're the best fry fryer that there is. If you're a hamburger flipper, you're the best hamburger flipper there is. If you're a customer service rep, you're the best customer service rep that there is. If you're a water pour, you're the best water pour that there is. Can I tell you something? And I really don't care if you get offended because I'm in one of them veins today. Uh, hear me. I, I am so sick and tired of Christians using their Christianity as an excuse to be sorry. 
You were not created to be sorry. You were not created to be a loser. You were not created to be at the bottom. You were created to succeed and be at the top of everything that you set your hands to. And I know some of you think, well, Bishop, I wasn't dealt a good hand. Baby, you better learn how to play a bad hand well. Because life is not about being dealt the right stuff. Life is about taking the hell that you're given and saying, watch me make the most out of this. Uh, maybe I got some lemons, but watch me make a lemonade stand. I ain't just making no lemonade. You finna pay me, partner. Put me through hell. Hell no, you gonna pay me. If you're offended, leave. I told you, I told you, I told you that we conclude this series by coming back to power, shout power. Now we know that we receive power when we're spirit filled. But watch this, power without purpose is pointless. If you have a car but there are no roads, what's the point? If you have scissors but there's nothing to cut, what's the point? If you have time but you don't know what to do with it, what's the point? If the ghost gives us power but we don't know the purpose of the power, what's the point? So here it is. The purpose of the power is found in the verse Acts 1 chapter 8 or Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The purpose of the power is for you to be a witness to people that are far from God. I'll say it again. The purpose of the power is for you to be a witness to people that are far from God. Let me say something to all of you religious, judgmental zealots. I'm sick of you. Bishop, what do you mean by that? You are not the moral police of the world. But does Bishop know so-and-so is doing this? Does Bishop know you're doing this? No, you say something before I come... We are not a church that judges people. We are not a church that throws people away. We are a church that loves anybody and a church that loves everybody. And if you got a problem with that, bounce. Well, did you see so-and-so? Did we see your nasty? That ain't harvest. Bishop's back. <laughs> I had to take a trip last week, but I'm back, baby. I, watch this. Sit down. Sit down. I just want to be clear. This ain't that kind of church. But you see so-and-so doing something. Do we see you and your judgmental, self-centered hypocrisy? You ain't fit to judge nobody. Touch your neighbor and say, you ain't fit to judge nobody. If you're so spiritual, pray for them. I'm so sick of people getting right on Sunday and being a judge by Wednesday. You just got off the pipe. How in the world you finna tell somebody? You just closed your legs. How in the world you finna tell somebody? Oh, you ain't got nothing to say? You ain't got nothing to say? Now, we're a church that loves anybody and a church that loves everybody. It is the goodness of God that brings men into repentance. Somebody nasty, love them. Somebody ain't living right, love them. You didn't make it to where you made it by people putting you down. You made it to where you made it because people loved you. All right. I'll interpret. 
God says he's doing a new thing. And God says he's doing a fresh thing. And God says there's an outpouring getting ready to come. But God said he needed to make sure that your heart was not judgmental. Sit down. For those of y'all that ain't saying nothing. Either you can't hear me or you don't speak the king's English. So maybe Master Reynolds need to come teach you something. Are you still here? The Holy Ghost will get people right. People say, well, Bishop, well, what happens if this person's in this sin? What happens if, listen, if, if, if people can be part of the church based on sin, then y'all all need to go home. Bye. Bounce. Get out. Peace up. You must not know about me. You must not know about me. All right. I got to finish. But Bishop, you got to be tough on sin. The Holy Ghost does that. And that doesn't mean we don't teach the truth. Certainly I teach the truth. But it's the Holy Ghost's job. To pull you in the room and say, stop it. Shut your mouth. And for all of you judgmental people, I just, I hear that somebody's resisting me in the spirit. I feel it. So, so let me go on and set you straight. You better, you better break that. Let, let, let me go and get you straight. Let me get, let, me, let me get you straight. Be careful about what you keep saying you never do. I'd never do that. I'd never be that. I never did. Because let me tell you, God has a way of taking what you say you'll never do and making you the thing you said you never do. And then you end up looking at yourself and say, how in the world did I get to this place? Because God said, I want to teach you about never. You ain't qualified to say never. Touch your neighbor, say never, say never. When you're filled with the Spirit, you are enrolled in the witness exposure program not the witness protection program. I'm going to say it again to you because I had to go off to get some folks straight real quick. The purpose of the power is for you to be a witness to people that are far from God. Do you understand that? The purpose of the power is to be a witness to people that are far from God. You know what most Christians do, though? See, the Bible says we're the light of the world. Give me, give me, give me your phone here. Give me your phone. Come on. Thank you, baby. All right. Now, look here. Now, can you turn the flashlight on? You know how to do that? The flashlight? You don't know how to turn the flashlight on? The camera. the camera. Okay, that's all right. This is a flashlight right here. All right? You can't see it. You can see it in the spirit. You said you got the ghost. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Now, turn your phone at me. Turn your phone at me. Okay? All right. Now, see, here's what Christians do. Now, we the light of the world, right? Okay? But, but here's what Christians Now, y let's just pretend y'all the world. Okay, and some of y'all are. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to get you right before it's over. Okay, watch this now. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm saved. Filled with the ghost. Glory. Got my light, right? It's, it's there. Okay. Now, you see, he got his light too. Now, who needs the light? Y'all. 
But you know what Christians do? Flashlight. Flashlight. Oh, I had a dream. Oh, I had a vision. Oh, the Lord spoke to me. Oh, the Lord spoke to me. Ooh. When the light needs to be turned over yonder to people that are far from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The purpose of the power, thank you, the purpose of the power is so that we, we can be a witness to people that are far from God. Hear me. We are enrolled in the witness exposure program, not the witness protection program. Bishop, what is the witness protection program? You, you ever seen those movies where somebody's in danger <coughs> of, 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 of being hurt or, or something like that? And, uh, and so what happens is, is that the police department, they will then seclude this person, sequester this person uh, almost, if you, if, if you will. And uh, they'll pull this person to the side and they'll protect them until it's their time to testify. And once they testify, they go back into hiding because they don't want to have to suffer any repercussions from the people that they're testifying against. That's how many Christians live as part of the witness protection program. They stuck away, they back somewhere, they're hidden. And so the people that really need to hear what we have to say don't have the ability to have what we say because we look at them, but we don't look at them with hope and compassion. We look down on them. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a believer in Jesus, we should not be looking down in anybody except to pull them up. Say, I'm a part of the witness exposure program. We're not called to be passive or silent. We're supposed to be bold about Jesus. If you have the cure for cancer, you'd be blogging about it, Facebooking it, tweeting it, texting it, passing out flyers. You'd do whatever you could to tell everyone about it. I'm here to tell you, we have the cure for spiritual cancer and sickness, and his name is Jesus. And we're supposed to tell everybody about the greatest somebody that there is, and his name is Jesus. Watch this, a witness there in the Greek. Is where we get our word martyr, which means says, and, and, and you shall receive power or dunamis when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my martyrs, which means you're going to give your life for my cause. And the issue that your neighbor has, not you, you're spiritual. The issue that your neighbor has is they have not really given their life to God yet. They've given their life to relationships. They've given their life to people. They've given their life to jobs. But they've not really given their life to... But I got a word for somebody today. By the time this word is done, you will have transitioned from the witness protection program and enrolled yourself in the witness exposure program. Say, Lord, I give you my life. And what I just did is tricked you. I just had you pray something. Too late now. It, 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 means, it means martyr. Watch this. It literally means an eye or an ear witness, which means you're testifying to either what you've seen, and until you see it, you're testifying to what you heard. Because there's some things you haven't seen yet, so you can't say yet, but you heard that he is. See, maybe you've never been sick, so you can't testify that he's a healer, but you heard he's one. Maybe you've never had financial trouble, so you can't testify that he's a way maker, but you heard that he's one. You testify to what you've seen and to what you've heard. Say, I'm a witness. 
this mean that God gives us power or dunamis or a miracle within itself, ability, abundance, meaning, might, to be a worker of a miracle, power, strength, the ability to do mighty works, the ability to be violent, power and influence become which riches or pecuniary ability, more power and excellence so that we can tell others about him and see decisions made to follow Jesus. Now, sometimes that's called evangelizing. Sometimes that's called evangelism. Sometimes that's called soul winning. Sometimes that's called witnessing. At the end of the day, it's about people making decisions to follow Jesus. Evangelism is not a department in our church. It's the responsibility of every harvester. Inviting people to Christ isn't just my responsibility as your pastor. It's yours as a Christian. And the sad thing is many Christians never lead anyone to Christ in their life. And that's a tragedy because the only thing that will count when you leave this earth are the people that you lead to Christ. Not your 401k, not your bank account, not your IRA, not your house, not your car. The only thing that counts are the people that you led to Christ. When you stand before Jesus and you will stand before him. If you don't know Jesus today, we're going to give you an opportunity to know him. But if you already know him, hear me. And even if you don't know him, hear me. You will stand before him. The minute you take your last breath here, it's appointed for men to die once and then the judgment. You're going to stand before him. And he's not going to say, tell me about that house. Ooh, that house is bad. Now, you had granite and marble. God, no. And that's real wood. That ain't laminate. That's real wood. My goodness. Gabriel, we did a great job, didn't we? He, he's not going to say, look at this retirement statement. You are so good at saving. My God, you must have been cheap to save all this money. <laughs> How you save all this money? Just cheap as you want to be, wasn't you? <laughs> he's not going to say, man, you got 22s and spinners? God, dog. <laughs> They caught you riding dirty, didn't they? They caught you riding dirty, didn't they? They caught you. For those of you not familiar with, with <laughs> that, those are big tires, big tires. That's all they were. <laughs> He's not going to say, look at them clothes. Wow. You had seven Louis bags. Wow. This is remarkable. And you had those Lou Bootins. <laughs> As somebody said several weeks ago, Lou Boutons. Now, wait a minute. Is that one real? Let me see it. Let me see it. He's not asking you about any of that. There's one or two things he's going to say. Well done. That good and faithful, watch it, witness, servant, witness, enter into my rest. Or he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of generational curses, iniquity, generational sin. He's going to say, depart from me. You never told anybody about me. But, Lord, I shouted, and, but, Lord, I was on the praise team, and, you didn't get your notes right. But, Lord, I was on the usher's board in the nurse's guild. Lord, they ordained me an evangelist. What is that? 
The Lord's going to say, what is an ordained evangelist? The Lord's going to say, I told you to do the work of an evangelist. That ain't no office. Lord, I'm a missionary. The Lord's going to say, you ain't been down the street. Missions? <laughs> you ain't left South Buckley Road. What you talking about missions? Y'all ain't got to say nothing. And I don't know about you. But when I stand in front of the one that I've given my life for, that I've given my substance for, I want to be told one thing and one thing only. Well done. I need to know who I'm preaching to. Who wants the Lord to say, well done, my good and faithful witness. But there are three, you see that there are three, there are three typical reasons that people don't witness to others. And if you find yourself in one of these reasons, I got good news. Today is your day to break free from it. I said, today is your day to break free from it. Today is your day to break free from it. Number one reason people don't is because they don't want to offend anybody. Bishop, I didn't say nothing about Jesus because I didn't want to offend nobody. <laughs> really. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 38. I just want to show you how, how this works. I didn't want to offend nobody. But you know what's interesting when people say they don't want to offend anybody? Is you're not concerned with people being offended when you witness to them about your, beer, your business. You ain't offended when you witness to people about your Mary Kay and your Avon. Oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say. You, you ain't offended. You don't care what people get offended about that. You traded Jesus for a $14 bottle of perfume? I don't want to offend my homeboys. I got news for you. They ain't your friends if they ain't headed the same direction you headed anyhow. What they are called is enemies, and you better watch yourself. Because there's a difference between watching with, walking with armor bearers and walking with pole bearers. But they both look the same. But one of them's coming to protect you. The other's coming to carry out so they can kill you. If we're not headed the same direction, baby, I'm here to tell you, we may be related, but we ain't family. <laughs> if we ain't headed, oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say. Baby, if we ain't headed the same direction, it's cool. We acquaintances, but we are not friends. <sighs> I, you can tell I got over this offending people thing a long time ago. I just want to be like my daddy. Acts 2.38. Now, this is on the day of Pentecost. This is when the Holy Spirit had come and everyone was filled with the Spirit. Then Peter said to them, verse 38, repent. Now, you got to say that's a strong word because repent isn't apologize. Repent is turn around, change directions. He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or the ghost. Verse 39, for the promises to you and your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted or preached to them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. That's pretty offensive. Amen. He's calling you a pervert. Amen. <laughs> you speak the king's English? Be saved from this perverse generation. In brackets, you perverts. That's what he said to them. He didn't care about offending them. He didn't care. He said, I don't work for you. He said, I work for something you can't find me from. He said, I work for the kingdom of our Lord. So, so, so first he calls them perverse. 
Then look at verse 41. Then those who, watch this, gladly received his word. Now, that, that, that's important because, because we, we look at the last part about that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. So that day, the first day of the modern era of the church, there are 3,120 people. But check out what happened. Those who gladly received his word, which means there were thousands more that did not gladly receive what he had to say. But they were offended by what he said. But you know what Peter did? Peter said, I'm not even looking at the ones that didn't. Notice the Bible only records those that did. <laughs> Hear me. People that get offended. Let me go ahead and speak to people that get offended. Hear me. People that are offended are normally looking for something wrong. So it don't matter what you say. They're going to find something wrong with it. If you've already been offended by this message today, you were looking for something wrong. And can I tell you, you found it. It's you. The spirit of offense, look at it. Think of it in, in football terms now. Now, uh, you know, we needed that spirit to be a little greater in our city uh, when the Broncos were playing. Don't look at me like that. I'm still upset about that. Pray for me. I am forgiven yet. Pray for me. Taking a knee and you've got 30 seconds. We want to count on our defense. Get offended. Okay, no, that's just. Think of offense. What does the offense do? They advance or they move the ball. They're trying to advance their cause. The spirit of offense or being offended means you're trying to advance what you already believe. You already got a problem with people. So that's why you get offended by people so you can support what you already believe about people. When you meet people, you don't meet them to learn who they are. You meet them to prove that they are who you thought that they were. Y'all are slow. Let's get over here. Offended people are looking for something. Well, what is this? Well, what is this? Well, what is this? Well, why he say this? Well, why they do that? Well, why they do that? You offended, baby. And to the pure, the Bible says everything's pure. But to the defiled and the offended, everything is defiled. Something wrong with everything. Somebody give you a million dollars and you complain about the fact that they gave it to you in 20s. Somebody give you a new car and you'll complain about the fact uh, that they didn't change the tires. Are you crazy? They gave you a new car and all you got to do is spend $100 on some tires? You're offended self. But I'm offended by Bishop. You got a problem with preachers because your last pastor messed you over and your pastor father. You ain't got no problem with me. You got a problem with people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hear me. Who cares if people are offended by hearing about Jesus? Who cares? Does anybody say, who cares? Anybody in sales? Who's in sales in here? Sales, put your hand up. Listen, how many no's do you have to get before you get a yes? And then some of you that have been trained well in sales, let me just give you a little. This is some free sales training. You need to ABC, always be closing. No does not mean no. No means not this way. If I really believe in the product I have and you're resisting the product I have, that's because I didn't present it in the right way. So what I have to then do is figure out what it is you want to hear about what I got so that you want what I got. That's free sales advice. Watch your sales go up 20% next month, 20%. There it is. Whoop, there it is. Now, don't, now pay your tithes now. Pay your offense. Amen. <laughs> Number two reason people don't witness about Jesus is they don't have hope for others because they feel hopeless about themselves. They don't 
have hope for others because they feel hopeless about themselves. Now, th- this, is, this is powerful. In that same chapter of Acts, go to verse number, uh, chapter number 8. In that same book of Acts, go to chapter number 8. Y'all all right this morning? Yeah. Is the word helping you this morning? Yeah. The purpose of the power. God don't want you to have just so you can look back at all your haters and say, look at me now. He wants you to have so that they'll look and say, there must be a God. When they look at your life, they're going to say, because I remember them when they was catching the bus. And I remember when they didn't have, who am I talking to? And I remember when they didn't have money. And I remember when they were bouncing to whatever it is. I remember them, but there must be a God. I remember when they were mean and had a nasty attitude. But look at them being gracious and loving and caring and compassionate now. When you don't have hope for yourself, you cannot have hope for others. So you can't give what you don't have. That's why uh, we say our, our mission is to lead people to totally love God, love people, love life. And why do we say that? Because Jesus said, here's the greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's number one. Then he said, number two, it's like it. He said, love your neighbor. Watch it as yourself. The word as makes it an equation. Love you as equal to me. Problem is, if you don't love you, you can't give me what you don't have. And that's the problem some of y'all got in relationships. You're trying to get from somebody what they don't even have in the first place. All right. All right. Acts 8, verse 5. You got it? Now, Philip. Philip got, he received uh, the Holy Spirit. And uh, Philip, they, they make him a, uh, a deacon later on in the church. Uh, and they lay hands on him. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit descends again and they refill. Verse, uh, verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. Verse 6, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, uh, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. Watch verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. Joy and hope are best friends. Without joy, hope's not there. Without hope, joy's not there. So we like to say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Great. But you know why his joy becomes our strength? Because his joy gives us hope. Do you understand that? When you got hope, you'll, be, you'll have joy. When you got hope that I might not be in a great situation in life right now, but I'm just believing, like the old proverb says, this too, sh- then I can have joy because I've got hope. Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson used to say, keep hope alive. You are God's child. Uh, and some other stuff. I don't remember the rest of what he said. Love me. Don't abuse me. Or something he used to say the whole little thing. Some of y'all don't know who Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson is. He served with Dr. Martin Luther King uh, during the time of the civil rights movement. Civil rights? Civil rights? Civil rights? Civil rights? Amen. Amen. He was there at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Verse 8, and there was great joy. Why was there joy? Because the people had hope. Watch this. The more hope you give by telling others about Jesus is the more hope that you have. If you don't have hope, it's because you're not giving any. And if you don't have joy, it's because you don't have hope. 
Napoleon Bonaparte says this, every leader is a dealer in hope. You're not a dope dealer, baby. You're a hope dealer. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm a hope dealer. When somebody at your job walks up and you say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Baby, I'm a hope dealer. What you need? What you need? What you need? What you need? I got it in my pocket. I got some scriptures in my pocket. What you need? I got some CDs in my pocket. What you need? What you need? You, you, you need a dime bag of hope? I got a dime. Oh, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Baby, I got some hope. I'm not a dope dealer. I'm a hope dealer. And when somebody says, I'm not going to make it, you can look back at them and says, baby, he was wounded. For our transgressions and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, you are already. Somebody comes to you saying, I'm just so sick of my life. The afflictions of the righteous. Many are they, but the Lord shall deliver me out of them. So you might be going through the day, baby, but I got good news for you. Soon and very soon, you're going to come up out this valley. The more hope I give, the more hope I have. The more hope you give. And hear me, young people, because some of y'all, you don't want to say stuff because you don't want your friends to think, but you know, that you're, you're, you're a weird Jesus person. You're a Christian and you don't you want to fit in, so you cuss a little bit every now and then because you want to fit in with them. Why you want to fit in with losers? I just got a question. That's a real life question. If you got an answer, we'll get you a mic and you can answer. Because I just want to know why you'd want to fit in with people that ain't going nowhere except to hell. Now, some of you said, Bishop, didn't you just say love? I didn't say nobody in specific was going to hell. What I'm saying is, is that, is that, listen, 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 listen. We are dealers in hope. We're hope dealers. That's, what are you saved for? To play flashlight with one another? No, so that when the world, because watch this, some of y'all be wondering, I don't know why everybody called me for advice, but you know why they call you? You're supposed to be the light. <laughs> They're trying to flip the light on. Problem is, if you ain't plugged into the power source, your light ain't going to come on. Bishop, I seem like I go to King Supers and people stop me and just want to talk to me. Why they do that? I'm just trying to go and get my bananas and my pineapple so I can make me a banana smoothie with some unsweetened almond milk. I don't know why these people keep messing with me. You are a hope dealer. And remember, when the power's on you, it speaks for you before you ever open your mouth. So when the people that are unsaved or the world or in darkness, however you want to call that, when they come to you, but you look and talk and act like them, they get confused because they were coming to you to get light and they were coming to you to get hope. But y'all, you gave them is what they have. But I believe God is raising up a church called Harvest. I mean, I believe God is raising up some harvesters that will say, I understand my assignment. I'm a dealer in hope. I understand my mission. I may not get everything right. It ain't about me being perfect. I ain't selling me. I'm selling him. Be seated. I, I had this discussion. Y'all don't mind if I take an extra 10 minutes, do you? I'm going to take it either way. Um, I'm just trying to be polite. I was having a conversation this, this week with, uh, with a man. He, he's a deep church man, and, and uh, I, I, was, I was chatting with him, and and uh, he was saying, well, what do you classify as D-church? D-church are people that 
came up in church or grew up in church or at one point got in church and they fell away from church. And um, he said, what do you define that is? And, and he was going and he was talking. And, um, and he said, you know, that's the thing. He said, me, him and his wife, he said, they, they had, you know, been in church and they went to a lot of churches. He was in the South. And he said, he'd been to a lot of churches and they had served and were very involved. And then they moved to another city and they had just stopped going to church. And they said every morning they just wake up and turn on some preacher on TV. And that was church. And, 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 uh, and he said, but every week we keep saying to ourselves, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go. But we just don't go. And uh, as I was having this conversation with him, uh, I want to I paint this picture for you. He was trying, watch this, to get some light turned on. He was trying to get hope. So if I responded to him, watch this, because part of our conversation was, uh, was that, uh, you know, he was talking about, uh, I was talking about one of our core values, that uh, we want to be known for what we're for, not for what we're against. Because many Christians are known for what they're against, but not what they're for. So when you ask the average de-churched or unchurched person, they say, well, what, what, oh, I, oh, you're a Christian. Okay, so y'all don't like this, y'all don't like this, y'all don't like that, y'all against this, y'all don't like that, y'all against this. Now watch this. While we can't change what the Bible says. Now love don't change the book. I just want to be clear about that. So don't, don't think that love means condoning or acceptance of actions. Love means acceptance of person. Do, do, do we understand that? All right. And, uh, and so as I was sharing with him and talking with him, uh, he, he was just saying, he said, well, Bishop, you know, this, this, is, this is this and, and this is that. And he was trying to get some hope and, 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 and that. And he said, you know, all the issues that happen in the church and all this kind of thing. I said, I said, that's because too many people have seen us as the product. I'm not witnessing about Bishop Foreman. You're not witnessing about you. You're witnessing about what you've seen and heard about him. So that's why when the world looks and says, you Christians are all hypocrites. No, what you don't understand is who said we were perfect? Who said we did everything right? So either we misrepresented or you misunderstood. Somewhere in translation, there became a, a, very, a very detrimental understanding here because no one ever said we were perfect. But people will think you're supposed to be that way when you beat them down. For their imperfections. Amen. So anyway, the point I'm making is he was searching for the light to be turned on. So I turned the light on for him. I didn't just turn on the light in one room. I turned on the light in the house. And by the end of, the, by the end of our conversation and things, and, and his wife was sitting there, she said, well, these people just invited us from church. He said, honey, we'll go Sunday. I said, good, you're going to go Sunday, and I'm going to follow up with you on Monday. They're in another state. I said, I'm going to follow up with you and make sure that you went. They needed the light turned on. And I didn't care about offending him. When we sat down to dinner, I said, I'm finna pray. I said, before we meet and talk about anything, I'm going to pray. So, you know, and they said, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I said, well, I was going to do it with you or without your consent. But some of y'all, when you had lunch at work, well, I, you, I prayed inside because I didn't want to offend them. All right, you're going to mess around and eat something that you know. <laughs> Say, I am a hope dealer. <coughs> Say it again. I am a hope dealer. Now, some of you said, Bishop, I don't want to deal hope because I'm not all the way right yet. Did you not just hear what I said? You're not the product. You think every vacuum salesman has a clean house? Do you think every, oh, this is so true. Have you ever looked, ladies, at your hairdresser's head? 
<laughs> Have you ever looked at your hairdresser's head? Now, how are you doing hair and your head look like that there? Fellas, have you ever looked at your barber's head? <laughs> now, this is a generalization. I know some of you, I, you, okay. But every hairdresser's hair ain't nice. Every barber's hair ain't cut. Every laundromat owner's clothes ain't clean. Every man that works at the BMW dealership does not drive one. Everyone that works in a bookstore can't read. Not our bookstore, not our bookstore. Not our bookstore. <laughs> a bookstore, a bookstore, a bookstore, a bookstore, a bookstore, a bookstore. <laughs> Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every security guard don't necessarily have a secure home. Are you getting the point? You're not perfect. So you're not trying to sell you. You're dealing him. And then you get what you, you know what you get to tell them? I used to be like this. Now, I ain't all the way where I want to be. But because of Jesus, that's the testimony. That's the testimony. Did you hear what I said? That's your testimony. And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word. Third reason, and I got to move quick. Third reason people don't witness. They're afraid of rejection or not knowing what to say or getting out of their comfort zone. In that same book of Acts, flip back to chapter 6. Bishop, I just don't want nobody to reject me. What if they say no? <laughs> That's the first time you heard no. Because sometimes they'll say no, 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 no. When they should be saying yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Acts chapter 6. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. You got it. Acts chapter 6. Y'all all right? Verse number 8. And Stephen. Now, <clears throat> Stephen also is one of these guys that a little bit earlier in this chapter, um, they made him a deacon in the church, which just means to serve. They made him a servant in the church. And, uh, and <coughs> it's the word, Greek word diaconate. And uh, he received the, the, whole, the gift of the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. Now, look at this. And Stephen, full of, say it with me, faith and dunamis, did great wonders and signs among the people. Why did I tell you that they made him a deacon? I wanted you to see he wasn't the set man of God. He, he was just one of the people that was a servant. Well, everybody's supposed to serve. It got real quiet right there. It got real quiet right there. Dream team, don't you leave me hanging. And Stephen, the servant, was full of faith and dunamis. He did great wonders and signs among the people. Then those, watch this, verse 9. Then those arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, some Syrians, Alexandrians, and those from Sicilia uh, uh, and Asia, disputing with Stephen. They started arguing with him. Well, how do you know the Bible is right? Well, how do you know Jesus? Well, how do you know this? Well, how do you know this? Look at verse 10. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So here's what happened. Stephen got filled with the Holy Ghost. 
when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he got power. He got power to be a witness. So he goes to witness and some people say, we don't want to hear what you say. But then the Spirit steps in. God, I wish I had somebody. But then the ghost steps in and the ghost says, you will not be able to resist what I'm saying. Now, now watch this. I know what some of you are thinking. Uh, uh, some people are coming now. They're coming over here because I want. Uh, uh, they're coming. Those that need to come, they're coming very quickly over here. Witnesses testify. Watch this to what they've seen and what they've heard. Watch this. You're not the product. Say, I'm not the product. I'm not the product. Jesus, is. Jesus is. Now, if they say, "Well, I'm not interested in that," they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. Do you understand that? Even if they say no, the scripture just told us they will not be able to resist God. So eventually, somebody say eventually. Look at me. They just standing over here. Look at me. So eventually, they will live for God. Your job is to sow seed. You don't understand what I'm saying. Some of y'all wouldn't get saved the first time you heard the gospel. But it sowed a seed. And then that seed you were eventually unable to resist. I know what some of you are thinking, but Bishop, I invited them to church and, 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 and they won't come. That ain't your problem. You write about stuff that is above your pay grade. How do you know they don't come? They could be watching online. It's more people watching now on there than it is out here. Witnesses are bold. Say I'm bold. And God has given us a simple way to do this, and it's called the soul-winning script. We're not just going to preach it. We're going to do it. Ooh, it got real quiet right there. I said, we're not just going to talk about being witnesses. We're going out into this city, and we're going to turn it upside down, which really means we're going to turn it right side up because it was already tore up in the first place. I didn't come to play games. I didn't claim to come to be no star. No, I came for one reason and for one reason only. And that is not to take sides with religious rhetoric, but it is to take Oh, So either you with me or you against me, but I just need to check who's with me. Now... Be seated. Now, 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 the welcome team's coming very quickly. They're coming very quickly, and everybody's going to get one of these. The welcome team's coming very quickly, and everybody's going to get one of these very quickly. It's a soul winning script. The welcome team's coming very quickly, and they're going to get everybody one of these. And you're going to get one decision card. Everybody's going to get that very quickly. While they're doing that, I want to tell you something. Say, say we're bold. <laughs> Witnesses. This is called the soul winning script, and we've partnered with a ministry in Florida. Uh, who has used this simple method, listen to this, to see a collective 3,040,952 decisions in 87 countries and 3,269 cities. Now, we've customized this to our region, and the welcome team's coming with that, so you can follow along with me. Uh, and, and, and we're going to th go through it in, in, in just a moment. We're going to go through it in just a moment. I want to make sure everybody's got one. Now, while they're doing that, uh, um, we had some harvesters um, to use this method, and we've used it before, but we've customized it and kind of updated it. And we've had some harvesters that use this method in the month of December at about over three weeks' time aggregate. And uh, in about three weeks' time, we had some harvesters see over uh, 51 decisions uh, made. 
That's 51 people that we snatch from the gates of hell. We are depopulating hell and populating the kingdom. Because we're witnesses. And I want them to come very quickly. They're coming very quickly. And I want them to share. Uh, I want them to share very quickly. Just a few of them are going to share uh, how easy this is. Now, as they're coming, everybody got one now? Yeah. Who, anybody does not have one. If you don't have one, just throw your hand up. Just throw your hands up and just wave them in the air. Wave them like you do care. And they're going to come and serve you. Now, here's the soul winning script. It's very simple. It says, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? No, uh, don't answer. <laughs> it says, I have a real quick but important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If they say yes, you'd say great. Why would you say? If they respond with anything that I am a Christian or something similar to that, you're going to proceed with that. Of course, if they say no, you're going to proceed with it. Let me quickly share with you what the Bible says. It says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The Bible also says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you are whosoever, right? You can go ahead and say Mm -hmm. Of course you are. We all are. Pretty simple, right? Now, these are simple scriptures. Now, as we're going through this, do not change this. Do not be talking about because the Holy Bible says that when you see the ghost, that the ghost shall give you power. And power is the Greek word dunamis. And dunamis, as our bishop teaches you and I, that's too deep. That's too deep. You're doing too much. Then you flip it. Then it says, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. You pray this for them. Father, in Jesus' name, please bless uh, uh, Stacy, if you're Stacy, then you know, amen. amen. And his or her family with long and healthy lives. Jesus, make yourself real to him or her and do a quick work in his, uh, his or her heart. If Stacy has not received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, I pray she would do so now. You didn't just die on the cross and resurrect on the third day to pay for all of their sin. You died so they could have abundant life. Stacy, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you today, say this after me from your heart and lips out loud. Father, in Jesus' name, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. You died so I could have abundant life. Give me a hunger to serve you and a boldness to tell others about how you've changed my life. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven because I have received the free gift of salvation. Today is the beginning of the best days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's what you get to do as a, as a Christian. You get to do this. It says, as a fellow believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, your sins are forgiven. Now, how do you get the power to say something like that? Because they just prayed the prayer. You're not the product. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Got it? The next step. Is, uh, for you is to attend church faithfully. You love our church but so you, because you can come just as you are. It's exciting and fun. Now, why are we using simple words like exciting and fun and come as you are? Because if you say because the word goes forth with power, they don't know what that means. <laughs> okay? It's a very, very simple thing. Then you're going to complete the decision card that you've got that they also gave you right there. It's very, very simple. You go through the decision card, and uh, it just asks for some basic information. Got it? You fill out the basic. This is self-explanatory, right? I don't have to go through this. Got it? And uh, then you write your name where it says Harvester. You'll write your name. You'll give them an invite card to Harvest, and you'll let them know we'll be praying for them, and we're going to follow up with them in a few days. It's just that simple. 
But wait. I want you to share very quickly. Tell us how if we had some harvesters go out and do this and, uh, and just a little under three weeks' time. Now, I think cumulative for the year using this particular method, we did it in little spurts. I think there were a cumulative 140 or so Praise decisions God. when we did it in little Hallelujah. spurts. Amen. Okay. Tell us how easy it was to use the soul winning strip. It is surprisingly easy. Uh, you just walk up to people and you just ask them the question that says on the script, do you know where you're going to go when you die? And people have an answer for you and you don't have to worry about the words. You just read the script. It's just that simple. They pray the prayer and then they get to walk away saved and you get to walk away knowing that because of you, they're saved. Amen. That's just that simple. Tell us, you kind of have a, a, a bit of a reserved personality. Tell us how easy it was for you to just go up and speak to people and do this. It was extremely easy. And once you, I'm not going to say that you're not a little bit nervous at first. However, the more people you approach, the less nervous you become. It was awesome. Awesome. Incredible. Now, you're a dude. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes men can see this and, and have different, different mixed reactions. Talk about how easy, and you won many men to Christ in your decisions. Talk about how easy it was to just go through and use the simple process. Uh, it's real simple. Uh, when I approach men, they, they tend to say, uh, I'm not a church person. And I'll just answer them back that I'm just like you. I've been going through everything you, you're going through, and I just read the script to them. It's, it's real simple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because some people don't think they're church people because they think that we're perfect. But that's because we've been selling us, not him. You understand? When people know that they can come to church as they are, but don't plan on staying that way, but they can come as they are. Y'all not saying nothing. Okay? If you can't come to a hospital to get well, where in the world are you supposed to go? Talk, talk, about, talk about, again, just very quickly how easy it is to use the script. Oh, my God, Bishop, it was very easy. Um, again, like Candy said, it was a little nervous at first. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> um, it was a little nerve-wracking nerve -wracking at first, but after I got through the script, it uh, kind of flowed. It just the script, the script, the script. I just have to um, stress that. It makes it it's a very easy and simple tool to be able to use, and it helps to get through. Wonderful. Now, did you have any, uh, uh, any resistance from any people as you were dealing with people? Yes, I did. And what did you do? I just let, I removed myself and I let God work through me. And that's what's easiest for me. At first, it was a little uncomfortable, but uh, I just, the more I did it, I just, it just flowed. And, and, uh, and why it did it flow? It because of the power. power. And it was so awesome just to win souls to Christ. It was just an uh, awesome thing. Because that's the only thing you get to take with you. Yes. You can't take your Bentley. Ain't nothing wrong with it, though, but you can't take it with you. Talk about, again, the simplicity and the ease of use in using the script. It was very easy to use the script. One thing that I loved about it is I could do what I normally do, you know, meeting people at gas stations and going through the script. So, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't say, follow in the name of Jesus. Lord, lead me to go somewhere. You just went where you went. Yes, sir. But when you went, you went as a witness. Because somebody said, Bishop, I'm just led to go to 16th Street Mall. You ain't got to drive all the way down there. Just go to King Supers, baby. Go to Wally World. Go to Target. So you just went to where you normally went. Great. Talk about the ease and use of the script. Yes, sir. It was, it was extremely exciting, and I, and, and I was very fired up because at first I was a little nervous, but then when I realized to get my eyes off myself and put on the other person, it became really easy, and all I had to do was sit there and read the script word for word, and it was awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and some people think, but Bishop, if I use the script, aren't I limiting God? To the contrary, God is a God of systems and processes. God is a God of order. I know you want to get up and, 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 and quote the whole Bible, and Genesis, and then in Revelation. No. You have no what you're talking about, no how. You want a lady to Jesus at Coles. Yes. Tell us about that very quickly. It was so easy. Went into Coles, had a lady notice me from five years ago, and she started telling me all of her issues. And I Why? Said, because the power creates an aura that attracts people because they want some light turned on. They fiending and they need some hope. And you sold her hope. I sold her hope. I started reading the script. She was extremely receptive to it, and it was just the right timing, and I know God put her in my path. It was amazing. Fantastic. Talk about the ease of use for the script, because you, uh, you won white people, black people. You won all kinds of different races and cultures of people. Talk about how everybody and anybody is receptive. It's very easy. Um, at first, that very first week, I was a little, uh, I guess, scared personally, and I w was at a location by our old... Um, church building and the lord was kind of speaking to me when i was walking out there's a young man that was sitting out there and um he had a some difficulty with his like motorbike and i i got him some tools and stuff and i'm sitting in the back of my head i was like i have the i have the script i have the cd in my car i have the script and the cd in my car went back to my car uh, and i didn't do it and i walked away from that experience saying what if that was on me to actually get this person to read that script to get this person saved after I got through that, and, and I, it kind of ate on me a little bit, after I got through that day, it was easy. I, and one of the first experiences was actually with my parents and grandparents. And, you know, it was over a lunch and just, you know, just being able to talk to them and being the de-churched and bringing them back into the, the salvation card and reading that through them. So you won your family yes, to Jesus. Yes. You got some unsaved cousins, some Pookie Nim, some Ray Ray Nim. Gloria Rosa, Quan Lee, June, Keisha, Shinkashe, whatever. You got family members that don't even know Jesus. And you sitting up, got your badge packed, talking about I'm ready for the Lord to come. Let me just first help you out. We got some time. He's coming back for a bride, not a girl. Full grown woman. That's a whole nother lesson. So this was very easy, is what I'm hearing all of you say. Very easy. Now here's what I want. Here's what I want to do. I want you to come, and uh, and I want uh, you to come. You, you come on, come on. You come. Uh, now I want you all to to walk through how to do it so that the people see just how easy it is to do. And I want the people to see that this is not you, you, this is not magic. You just read the paper. Touch your neighbor. Say just read the script. It's, it's so simple. 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 Back in, in, in first generation Bible college, Bible college students had to use this method, and it was extremely successful. In classes of Bible college students, we see hundreds of decisions made. As we say, Bishop, well, decisions are made, but maybe those people don't eventually come to church. Here's the truth of the matter. That's not our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to do that. It's just our responsibility to get the gospel to them and have them make the decision. That's our only responsibility. The rest is on God. Show how easy it is for the sake of this illustration, you're going to be Tyrone. Yes, sir. And you're going to be Kelly Kapowski from right. Saved by the Bell. So Tyrone and Kelly. I'll tell you what, you're Slater. 
your slater. So how easy it is to do this. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Well, I have a real quick but important question for you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? Well, let me share with you quickly what the Bible says. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever, right? I am. <laughs> Good. Well, of course we all are. I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Uh, Slater, Father, <laughs> in the name of God, thank you and bless Slater and his family with long and healthy lives. Jesus, make yourself real to him and do quick work in his heart. If Slater has not received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, I pray that he will do so now. You didn't just die on the cross and resurrected on the third day to pay for their sins. You also died so they could have abundant life. Slater, if you'd like to receive the gift that God has for you today, say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Father, Father in the name of heaven, in the name of heaven Please come into my life. Please come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that you have risen from the dead. You died so I could have abundant life. You died so I can have abundant life. Give me a hunger to serve you and a boldness to tell others. Give me a hunger and a boldness to tell others. About how you've changed my life. About how you changed my life. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Because I have Jesus in my heart. I've received the gift of salvation. I received the gift of salvation. Today is the beginning of the best days of my life. Today is the beginning of the best days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, as a fellow believer of the gospel of, heart of Jesus Christ, I tell you today that your sins are forgiven. And always remember to run to God and not from God. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. And the next step, if you have attended church faithfully, you love our church because it's just come as you are. It's exciting and it's fun. Um, and I have this card for you. My name is Kelly Slater. Welcome to, uh, welcome to everything. And uh, we're glad to have you. And, you know, if you'd fill this out for us, we'd... Love to follow up with you in a couple of days. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So Kelly got a little off. It's <laughs> not in the name of heaven. Amen. But 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 she's we, we we revised it just a little bit so she was going off off of something previous. But you see how simple it is. You just read the script. Okay. Now some say, "Bishop, this is too simple." Duh. It's Christians that make this stuff hard. It's just that simple. So once you, once you pray the prayer, once you let them know their sins are forgiven, then the next thing is they need to get in church. Now, here's what you'll see people say. Oh, you need to find a good Bible-believing church. They don't know what that is. Okay? Just, just like telling somebody you need to find a good OBGYN. And you're telling that to the husband of <laughs> somebody. You don't know what that is? You're going to open the door and find the first doctor. Hi, everybody. I mean, he's going to find the first doctor he can find. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Okay? So it's very simple. Then you fill out the card. Now, some of you are saying, Bishop, what happens if, uh, what happens if they don't want to fill out the card? And they say, okay, thanks. Have a great day. Be encouraged. 
but I got you to pray the prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Now, then the Lord will begin to do what he does. He'll begin to draw them. At that point, you give them an invite card to harvest. When you leave today, you're actually going to get the invite card to the next series that's coming up right after this one, which is called Spiritual Gifts. And uh, that's coming right out. You give them an invite card, and then we'll take care of following up with them. Only thing you're going to do is just drop this card off in the offering bucket or bring them to the church during business hours. Because some of you, I know you're going to go out fired up, and you're going to get like 50 Especially those of y'all that ain't got no jobs. The Lord has you overworked so that you can go and get some people saved. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you do that. You drop the card off. Now, here's what I'm asking everybody to do. I'm asking everybody to do just one thing. Just get one decision this week. Can you do one decision this week? Now, this is the purpose of the power. This is the purpose. This is the reason why. This is it. This is it. The purpose of the power is for you to be a witness. Okay? Do you understand that? Now, I know somebody's going to say, Bishop, I have questions. I have questions. Uh, what if a person says this? What if a person does this? What if a person says this? What if a person says this? What if a person does this? If you have questions um, during the process, all you have to do is go on the church website and submit those questions, and we'll get them answered for you if you have any questions throughout the process. You're not there to reason with people. You're not there would argue with them. So if you go up to somebody with a towel on their head, okay, and they're a Muslim or, or, or whatever and this kind of thing, and they got all their sheets and robes and things on. No, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying they got all their robes and things on. That, that's what they wear, okay? All right, here's the thing. You're not there to reason with them. You're not there to say, well, the Quran says this and this says it. You're not there to do that. You're there to tell them about the goodness of Jesus. You're a witness to what you've seen and a witness to what you've heard. Okay? If somebody's, uh, 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 you know, a Buddhist or something or whatever, if somebody, if you look at them and say, no, I ain't going to witness to them because they already got something. Well, what they have is a counterfeit. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Those are exactly who we need to witness to. The purpose of the power is so that we can be witnesses and we can be bold witnesses. Okay? You're not there to fight with them about uh, the Bible. You're not ready to, to argue with them about dinosaurs. No, I'm just saying, you know, because I know the questions people in Denver ask. Well, if the Bible is only 5,763 years old, then how is it possible that the dinosaur? I ain't there to talk about all that. Look here. Either you're going to get saved or you're not, partner. So what, what you going to do? You can, go, you can get in Bible college and figure out about the dinosaurs. The bishop will teach you all you need to know about where the dinosaurs came in. By the way, they came in between Genesis 1 and 1 and Genesis 1 and 2. By the way. But uh, that's a whole other thing. But, but my point is you're not there to argue with people. You're not there to argue, man, when I grew up, when I grew up, I went to, I went to Mount Salem Missionary Baptist Church of the Cathedral of the Highest Faith of, of the Renewed Covenant of Mary Jenkins. <laughs> and I just was so hurt by church. I said, listen, listen, you can either stay in that or you can come up out of that. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you why that happened with that church. But what I can tell you is, is that Jesus loves you. That's all I can tell you. Does everybody understand what our work is to do? One decision this week. That's all I'm asking you for. And we can do it. 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 You can do it. You can do it. Who's with me? Who's with me? Who's with me? Who's with me? 
Stand on your feet, everybody. Father, thank you all. Father, we honor you. We thank you. We bless you. Mm. <laughs> You're so good. We are enrolled in the Witness Exposure Program. Father, I pray that you speak to every person in this place. That they would not wait until they arrive at some self-appointed position in life. But that this week, this week, this week, that people would go out where they're normally going for their job, to the store, to, to shop for clothes, to, to, to get their car repaired, to, to look for a house, wherever they're normally going. But that when they leave that place, they would have left turning on the light. Read the script. Invite them to church. Get the card filled out. Wish them well. This is our assignment. This is our job. There's no coincidence that the name of our church is Harvest. Harvest. That's right, baby. Harvest. She understand. I hope y'all understand. Harvest. Listen, who's the harvest? Your family. The people you don't know, the people on the streets, the, the millions of people in our region that are unchurched and dechurched. That's the harvest. God, thank you for your power. Thank you for empowering us to witness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.